Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. The leaden winter would bring you down forever, but you rode upon a steamer to the violence of the sun.
guys, welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your Tuesday episode. Uh, we just, uh, these weeks, they just keep happening and happening and we just, we can't stop it and it's frustrating. So that's why we do these podcasts so we can give you something during the day, during these times when things go so fast, something to hold on to. That's what this show is, something to hold on to <laughs> and just, you know, this is just like a warm warm security blanket or uh uh the the 20 pound weighted blanket that i have by the way do they sell ones that are more than 20 i have the 20 pound and i i was under i understood that was like the top of the line can you go like can you go more weight like i eventually think i can handle 40 pounds like do you ever think about that like i'm like am i working out like i have this weight on my body like, without it, I can move, of course, a lot freer. So do you think I'm building muscle while I sleep if I have a weighted blanket under? And that's why I think certain nights I should crank it up to 30, 40, see what I can resist. And just imagine the sleep I'll get with a 40-pound. That would be just incredible. Well, we've already gotten off topic. Uh, I hope you guys have had a great day and a great start to your week. Uh, thank you so much, as always, for all of your support. We've got a great show for you today. We have Chelsea Devantes, who is... Uh, you know, the host of Celebrity Book Club, which is a podcast that I got to ha- I was I was privileged enough to be on it. And we went over the Selma Blair autobiography, Mean Baby, which we both liked. But she does so much more than the podcast, too. But I want you guys to check out the podcast and I'll get into what she her whole list of accomplishments uh, when I intro- introduce her for the for the pod. And. <laughs> Guys, I'm so tired. It's like 10 o'clock at night, but I had to wake up at like 7.30 for an early interview. And uh, I, uh, your boy went through the whole day. And your boy went hiking, worked out, did some cleaning. Like, I, I said this on Monday's podcast, but I really, I think I want this to be my new catchphrase. And maybe it could be all of our catchphrases for for this summer. Like, this is the summer of the baddie, you guys. I, I, I firmly believe that, but... Um, uh, the, 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 this is our new slogan, getting stuff done is cool. Yeah, that's right. Getting stuff done is cool. Look at yourself in the mirror when you're getting stuff done is cool. Then turn to your family and go getting stuff done is cool. Make your kid go empty the trash and go getting stuff done is cool. Call your husband or wife and say, I need you to do this. And they'll be like, why you're bugging me at work? Cause getting stuff done is cool. This is the summer of getting stuff done and being cool. That is a promise that I want you guys all. Because remember in summers, like the only thing I remember as a kid at summers is that the library, because I was such a nerd. uh, And we actually do talk about this a little bit uh, in, in this podcast, is that they would have these. So Olathe, Kansas, where I grew up, and the library, which I would just beg my mom to take us to as many times as I could go just to get more and more books. But they would have uh, like a reading competition every summer. Like how many books could you read? And I remember getting the the front and back faced paper with the, the little boxes. So you could fill in all the books. And I was reading like the mouse and the motorcycle and Indian in the cupboard and like snuck a Stephen King book in there. It was just an amazing summer. And then I turned 31 that next year. And <laughs> it was just, it was just really amazing. And I, I really, man, I used to just love reading and I love talking to Chelsea because I, I love doing her podcast because I was forced to read. Like I, I can't express enough to you guys how much I used to love to read and how much books just make me feel better. Like I, 
I have so many of them now. I wish you guys could come over to my place and see what I'm working with here in terms of books and DVD. It would it would sincerely frighten you. Um, I mean, like in a good way. I don't know. Like, I don't think anybody's like, wow, nice book collection. Boing. You know, I don't think that's like, I don't think anybody's like hot stuff. Look at that book collection. Oh, wow. Shakespeare. Cool. Um, but who knows? Uh, yeah, no, but those things, I, I just remember like those, those comfort things. And I've, I've chosen to make other things, my comfort things as I get older, whether it be music or Batman or the housewives or something, but reading will always be one of my, one of my first loves. And that's why I kind of hope that, uh, you know, either I'll fall back in love with it or, or make myself read or I'll go to prison where it seems like you have unlimited time to read. The only thing that worries me about prison is I think they do lights out. And I don't know who to ask. I, I'm not friends with any prisoners because I haven't done the prison, you know, pin pal thing yet. Yet. Um, is that do like, are you allowed to have like a little mini, like a little mini light? Like, do they just shut off the main lights in the prison or can you keep reading? And of course, I'm sure you got to check with your bunkmate, your celly, if they're cool with you, you know, keeping on reading. But I just got to imagine if you can get past that you're in prison, I think it would feel a lot like it felt when I was in elementary school trying to read those books at night. You know, like it was just like summer nights, man. And I just remember that sitting in this little chair in my room and just reading. And, uh, you know, my parents were asleep, so they didn't make me shut off the light. And it was just magical. So hope. I think prison might truly, as I even talk it out loud, I think that might be the way to go. Okay, good talk. Um, if you like this podcast, please rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And do the same for our guest, Chelsea Devantes for Celebrity Book Club. Uh, I really am such a big believer in supporting podcasts by doing that simple thing of reviewing it. You don't even have to write words. You can just hit that five-star button and just, you know, it really is awesome. And I got to tell you, it's really uh, gratifying to see, you know, like people leaving reviews and stuff. Uh, also, we have that YouTube live and cooking, you guys. So bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. Go on over there. Uh, we have the Sophie Ross Monday episode up there if you want to see our beautiful faces. <laughs> and I did this <coughs> I did this 12-minute video just with some basic news stories uh, from today that should be up there in the morning. And Maritza has some cool like pictures and stuff like that she's put into it. So it's kind of becoming this thing. Thank you for bearing with us as we kind of get our footing, but it, it, it's, it's really cool. It seems like we're kind of growing, learning it every day. It's a different beast. So if you have suggestions for YouTube, please email me at so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com. And as always, these things work by word of mouth. Baddie nation, we're growing folks and we need more people just like Teal Swan, my favorite guru slash cult leader from the deep end. Some of you guys watched it because I, t I talked about it yesterday and you have been messaging me. Whoa. And that is exactly right. That's the whoa. It is batshit. And then do yourself a favor. Once you watch the four part docuseries, go to her Instagram. Don't follow her. But just go and watch her response videos to the documentarian. It is just... I, I shouldn't even get joy or derive pleasure from this, but there is something just so dark that it like, I'm like, this is just fascinating. It is, it is so weird what titillates us these days. You know, like I do question even for myself, where does it end, Ryan? Where, I mean, obviously, you know, prison, reading some books overnight. Uh, let's see a couple of news stories. Pete and Kim, you guys, 
Pete is an official IG boyfriend taking pictures for Kim on a little little uh, getaway in the in the beautiful water. Um, but also, it wasn't all fun and games for Kim today because bad news, you guys. It has come out that remember the Marilyn Monroe dress, the iconic Marilyn Monroe dress that Kim wore to the Met Gala that everybody was up in arms about. But everybody, oh, it's cool, it's fine. Why, nobody cares. Guess what? It has been damaged, reportedly. (laughs) The dress now shows signs of tearing, and several crystals are either missing or hanging off it. Now, I don't know if this is a metaphor. We do talk a little bit about the Kardashians because I needed Chelsea's opinion on them, Um, and she has a great one. (laughs) But it's just like, what do you... I just love when the Kardashians co, you know, they, they co-op something. They like kind of, like I say, suck all the, the air out of something and then they just destroy it. <laughs> and everybody's like, no, it's not Kim's fault. It really isn't Kim's fault. It's that damn Ripley's Believe It or Not. They shouldn't just be renting these things out. Like, I mean, shit, I'm going to go to a quinceanera in a year. Can I have the, can I rent out the Marilyn Monroe thing? Um I don't know why I said quinceanera. I'm not, I'm not even invited. I've never been invited to one. It's a shame. Um. But yeah, so this dress is damaged. No word from Kim. But Kim usually does her work through like friends. So to be like, friend of says, no, that's bullshit. The dress was fine. But here's the deal. It is one of those things. Like she dieted down. Remember, she lost like 14 pounds to get into that dress and it still didn't fit. So she had to have the little shawl and she only wore it for 20 minutes just for these pictures. And at a certain point, I think if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like if it can't zip up, like, listen, she got got her BBL dissolved potentially just to get into this dress and it still doesn't fit, then it just doesn't fit. We don't get everything we want in this life. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay. You have 30 billion other things. I'm just literally counting her money at this point to be happy about. You don't need the dress. But if somebody's stupid enough to give you the dress, I'm looking at you, Ripley's, then I guess all's fair, you know, in in love and war. But it's one of those weird things, but it did make me, I, it's so bad that it made me laugh. I was like, of course it's damaged. Of course, this is what happens, you know? And I guess that's the thing too, is that, well, do we, I wonder what Marilyn Monroe would think about the Kardashians if she were alive today. I wonder what, like, I do wonder what people would think of the industries that they were in back then if they could just come alive and see it today. I was talking about that at the Grateful Dead show the other night about like if Jerry Garcia uh, was alive now, what he would think of this whole thing. Like what he would think of John Mayer. Like that's the kind of stuff that I truly would be curious because there's a chance, who knows, Marilyn Monroe might have loved Kim Kardashian. Marilyn Monroe probably would have been at Britney Spears' wedding. Uh, which, by the way, good Britney Spears news, you guys. Uh, she has got a three-year restraining order uh, granted against Jason Alexander. There is a $100,000 bail set. They are taking this very seriously. And, you know, like I said, fuck him. Like, he, she's got to be real careful. And her security better be real top-notch. Uh, but that Matthew Rosengart lawyer is handling this as well that helped her with uh, the conservatorship. And he just seems incredible. So, uh, really happy about that. Also, you guys, they got a new mansion to move into. And guess guess who there's next door, next door neighbor is, you guys? Kravis. Yeah. Dude, can you imagine? Dude, I would love if Brittany was like, oh my God, this place is trash. All I hear is these people finger banging all night long. Like, I wonder if you, I know these are mansions, so you probably not, but like, I can imagine the sounds of their lips smacking all the time, just like carries, you know, like, oh, they're at it again. Like, oh my God, you know, like, honey, <laughs> Sam, come here quick. Kravis is dry humping near their gazebo. 
<laughs> Kravis is doing weird things in their gazebo again. <laughs> Brittany's like, Sam, why don't you touch me like Travis touches Courtney? Uh, because I'm sane, that's why. So that's interesting. It's a, a star-studded neighborhood, you guys. Justin Bieber lives in that neighborhood. I mean, the star power of this neighborhood is just off the charts. But I like hearing, and by the way, you know, uh, the Altman brothers sold that for Million Dollar Listing. They sold that house to Britney. I do love when good things happen for Britney. I think it's just, it's nice. It's nice. We need nice things for her. Uh, this is horrifying news, you guys. Did you hear about this? <sighs> okay, Sammy... Denise Richards' daughter remembers like Sammy, I think, or uh, Sammy Sage, and it, it's a sorry, Sammy Sheen. Sammy Sheen, uh, she moved out of Denise Richards' house, remember, and it was like a whole big thing. There was a big fight. She wanted to move in with her dad, and now Sammy has turned 18 and she has joined OnlyFans. And this is says just months after the Beverly Hills alum Denise Richards reconciled with her daughter. But this can't, I mean, listen, I don't want to be judgy and I don't, I want to be sex positive and all of that stuff. But like 18 seems like, a, I don't know, is that horrible of me to think 18 seems a little young to be on OnlyFans? And I hate to say this and I don't have a kid, but if I did, I don't think I would like it. And maybe that makes me like a not a cool dad, you know, maybe that, you know what I'm saying? But like, I think that's how I would feel. So I kind of, I was like, oh, gross. I don't want this. No. And then he was like, oh, Charlie Sheen is the dad. And Charlie Sheen, like, you know, remember when he was drinking Tiger's Blood? Remember that whole Charlie Sheen thing when he got fired from Two and a Half Men and he became a maniac and he was just dating all porn star strippers? He had like like four girls. They were called like the Charlie Sheenettes or something like that. That's not what they called him, but it was like Charlie's Angels. It was it, he would do like a radio show, I remember, where he would just like. It was just drug-fueled parties. It was just wild. So I get scared that she's there. Um, and But if you're 18, you're 18. I, I love that I'm just coming off like a worried mother right now. I'm like, Sammy, you be careful. Sammy, if you need my number, you call me, Sammy. Um, Let's see here. Oh, God, you guys. <laughs> you know that Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix where he got Best Actor? Well, they're doing Joker 2. Uh, Todd Phillips, the director, uh, has already written the screenplay. There were pictures last week of Joaquin reading the screenplay. And then today it gets reported that guess who is going to be Harley Quinn, who is the Joker's girlfriend, which in this iteration of the Joker, it was so serious that I didn't think they were going to play into like that kind of um, those kind of stories with Harley Quinn, because Harley Quinn is kind of more. Uh, gregarious and almost not realistic in a way. Uh, if you've seen the screen versions of Harley Quinn so far, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but Lady Gaga is in talks to be Joaquin Phoenix Harley Quinn. Dude, can you imagine the bat shittiness of the, those two actors in particular? Just, re, just I mean, worth it. Dude, you thought Bradley Cooper and Lady, I lit, I'm like, oh my God, my nipples are going to cut glass. I am so excited because, I mean, I just want behind the scenes footage of these guys because you know they're nutty. They're nutty as hell. They're brilliant, but they're nutty as hell. And I cannot wait if this happens. And also, it's going to be a movie musical. 
Joker 2, I know you think I'm pulling your leg, but that is literally in the press relief lease that it is a movie musical. So like, I'm like, shit, like the Joker sings, like it's like, and you know, then they'll take this to Broadway or some shit like that. By the way, I'm still pissed. And I think COVID took this from us. If we really think about it, I think we would have gotten a star is born tour. I think we would have gotten a couple special concerts where Bradley and Lady Gaga did all of their hits as their characters. In fact, I would have loved to have seen them reenact some of the scenes, like that scene where he pisses his pants when he accepts the award. I would have loved to have seen that at the Hollywood Bowl, interspersed with one of Lady Gaga's beautiful slow songs from the the, the movie. But I digress. Um, also, our friend Joey Gorga, you guys, did you see this? Joey Gorga is a landlord, <laughs> and he builds houses and stuff. But there is video, you guys, of Joey Gorga going off on one of his tenants. The tenant is in the car. Joey's like, what you want? Hey, what are you going to do? Hey, 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 What? pay your rent. Pay your rent. Do it. And he, and the guy's like, Joey, what do you want? Joey, I'm out of work. What do you, I have paid rent. You have gotten money. He's like, not since January. You pay up now. You pay up now for January. And he goes, I can't, Joey. I can't. I'm out of work. No. Well, you, you're taking money. You're taking food off my kid's table. You're taking food. You know, like, it was wild. Now, my ex is Italian and has an Italian family. So, like, and this is true. Like, they would, they would scream. They would be gigantic like this. And it was, um, I mean, it was just truly a sight to behold when they really got going but this joey thing man it, it was wild now i posted this because i he that you know i was just i was thinking of how joey gorga always on his instagram post he'll always kind of do this like weird motivational of like fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me and then it'll be a photo of him just going hey um and <laughs> so <laughs> i always like to make fun of those those posts because he's so serious about it that it's almost like cute and i know he wants to be tough so it's not you know like listen joey gorga could probably totally kiss kiss, kick kick or kiss kick my ass um but it's like these things make me laugh like this is one he goes i have learned three lessons this year to leave people where they are at accept situations for what they are and not every action needs a reaction And that was one of the posts with his picture, like pointing up, like, Hey, look at this. So then I added to that and I said, and I will hunt you down in your car. If you fail to pay rent for three years and always wear sunscreen, how many lessons is that? And I posted that on my Instagram and, uh, I always think these are obvious jokes, but I, you always, when you, everybody would be like, whoa, Joey did that. Does he realize that's more than three? I'm like, yeah, that's actually me. I, that's, uh, that's a horrible joke that I did. You guys, um, that is it for today. We're going to go right into Chelsea and I got a, I got a great guest on Wednesday. Um, and I'm very excited for you guys to hear her. Plus we'll do more pop culture stories. I got Dorinda and Vicky mess. I got a lot of other stories to talk about, but I want to once again, talk about our guest today, Chelsea Devontes. Uh, I really, I, I, I just gotta say, it's really nice for me to get to talk to these people that, I really look up to man. Like I really look up to her. And if you, if you look at what she has done, like done thus far, I I think I even say this in an interview. I feel like a schmuck, you guys. 
I mean, she is a writer and producer. She has, uh, uh, she was one of the heads of The Problem with Jon Stewart, uh, the show on Apple TV that he did. And then she has a separate deal with 20th Century Fox where she's writing a pilot. She has a book by Harper Collins that's going to be coming out in like a year and hopefully she'll come back for that. She wrote on Girls 5 Eva, which is like one of, like a great Peacock show that Tina Fey uh, was involved in. And I just can't say enough good things about her. It's just that it shocks me when somebody has this kind of output and when they're still nice she's so nice to me it was just really great and just so flipping funny and cool and it's like one of those people where you're like damn it i wish i i wish i had known you since high school i wish we did theater in high school together i wish i was your geeky theater friend uh but it was cool yeah and also she's getting married soon to a brilliant comedian himself uh yasser lester i don't know this she's just got it all going on and i think you're gonna fall in love with her if you haven't heard her before uh but i strongly recommend you check out her podcast which is once again celebrity book club i have the information in the show notes uh but if you like her tell her tell her you came over here from so bad it's good and that you you liked uh liked her and that's it you guys have a great tuesday and i will talk to you on wednesday bye you guys i am so excited to have my next guest on and this has just been uh just, I mean, I really feel lucky to be able to talk to the people I am able to talk with now. And, and a lot of that's because of you. Uh, podcast listeners are a special, uh, you, you guys are just really special. The way you support, uh, the way you go and try out new podcasts, the way you go. I mean, it's just a really neat thing to to watch. And I want to uh, really highly recommend, and I've, I've been doing this now for a couple of weeks because I was just on her podcast, but there's a podcast called Celebrity Book Club that actually... Uh, dissects uh in a humorous way but also there's like really meaningful moments uh usually female memoirs the only two males i believe are like burt reynolds and danny pellegrino which i need to talk about while we get into this but what i was impressed by when i was just kind of researching uh our guest was just that like the podcast is like i, I love it it's huge i mean it's i don't think it's ever going to not be there if she wants to keep doing it but what an incredible career she has had up to this point as a writer, as a performer. I mean, we're talking Second City. We're talking Tisch School of the Arts. We're I mean, like, it just really, it made me feel so bad about myself where I was like, you just have the podcast, Ryan. This person has seven other things going and you got the podcast. But anyways, I need to know all about her career, all about her, all about books, all about pop culture. Chelsea Devantes, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, two things. First, I just want to say podcast audiences, I agree, are so special, but yours in particular, very, very special, cool people. You can always tell um, if a certain podcast attracts a, a good kind of awesome person. And um, I've been hearing from some of your fans in my DMs and in our podcast reviews, and they're so cool, smart, and nice. They're the opposite of Bachelor Nation. <laughs> Those fans are <laughs> rabid. Those, that's a rabid folk. And um, <laughs> so just huge really shout out to your listeners. Fan- Fandom is really amazing, like because you either attract like people that are willing to give things a shot, to think things through, to actually be objective about things, and then you have like Bachelor Nation or Ninety Day Fiance, or even I mean, sometimes you have a Bravo section of the audience that is just like, "No, I will take you down," you know, and it's you're like you're talking to a podcast right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, you put out pure toxic content as The Bachelor has done. You know, it's kind of what you get. (laughs) They're trying to get a little better these days and the audience is like, absolutely not. Um, But listen, I'm part of Bachelor Nation myself, unfortunately. So but I I, I, I find it so like we really, really are like committing to calling ourselves Bachelor Nation. Like I watch The Bachelor, but like 
do I have to pass a test to be Bachelor Nation? Like, everybody's like, no, I'm Bachelor Nation. Like, it's an actual thing that you vote on. And I like, if it, if it goes much further, I want there to be an island where we make Bachelor Nation. Like, we just send it over. Everybody oh, Bachelor yeah. Nation moves to this island because it's, it's like, I feel that, like we're going to start voting on things. That's actually a genius idea. As they're filming Bachelor in Paradise in Mexico on a, across the beach, there's just a bunch of fans <laughs> ruining each other's lives and sleeping together Jeff, and Jeff voting Probst on from the other Survivor. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Probst from Survivor. Hello, we've got a Survivor meets Bachelor in Paradise, but with fans. Um, so I, the, the podcast is just excellent. And I was so honored to be a part of it. And I told you on this and I told all my listeners and, and they know over the last couple of years, I used to be obsessed with reading. Like I, I really was as a kid, as a nerd kid before like the internet, I was obsessed with libraries. I would just sit and read to the point where I would Same. get made fun. You know, like even my dad was making fun of me. Like I loved a book. Like, and I would just stay up all night reading. The summer was amazing because I didn't have a bedtime or I at least could have a little nightlight that I could read. What was, what was that like for you? Like what got you into books and was it from a very young age? Yes, absolutely. I, I loved books. I was uh, a gifted reader in my class. I was like that annoying kindergartner. Yes, I was like, yeah. everyone gather around. I'm going to read a book. Um, yeah, so I've always loved reading and books really very genuinely saved my life. Like when you're, uh, it's funny, there's this Oprah quote. I also read Oprah magazine religiously because they had it at the library. Um, she had this quote that said like the cure to insecurity is education and anything you're insecure about if you got educated enough about it it could cure your insecurity and i was just so insecure that i was like well i'm gonna read every fucking book in the world then um and maybe i'll heal myself and so i loved reading all kinds of books like I, as a kid historical fiction um all all of the sweet valley high hits all that pop culture stuff and then yeah yeah then i got into a hardcore self-help phase because i just i needed help you know what I mean? I was like, yeah. well, these books say we help you out. And, uh, but you know, they really didn't like, I don't know what I was doing reading rich dad, poor dad, but I absolutely was as a child. Um, and then iron John. Yeah. Iron John. Finally, um, at a, uh, yard sale, I bought Delta Burke's half style, half memoir book and found the world of celebrity memoirs. And though, I mean, they've just truly been celebrity women have been holding my hands through their books throughout my life. And people always think of them as like trash junk, which like they are in the best way, but they're also the most incredible self-help books you will ever read in your whole life. And specifically the female ones, because they yeah. open up about their lives and the dude ones are like Matthew McConaughey, like writing like a Do random you, poem I, I, about his dick. I was I was, I've talked about green lights, Matthew McConaughey's autobiography on the show before. Cause I, and by the way, I highly recommend the audiobook. do not, you know, because the audiobook he really, like he gets the lilt in there, oh. but it was his, it, it was hysterical. Like, I mean, like Matthew is obviously going to be running for office one day, but it was just, he was like, ah, you know, after, uh, what was the big movie? The John Grisham movie he got to be in like after a time oh, to with kill. Bullock? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It goes after yeah. a time to kill. I had the word by the world by the balls. So I had to get out. I had to get out of Hollywood. And I went to like Zimbabwe by myself. I had a pocket full of ecstasy and I just was in the wood. Like he was like, I was just like, like okay. holy God, like this guy. But I, I, it was one of my funniest listens of the year last year. And I know it was meant to be serious, but we, we did the Selma Blair book and it was really like, there was 
really kind of intense, beautiful passages or uh, honesty about her life and her mental health, which I know you take seriously as well as I do. Yeah. Do you think women celebrities, I mean, you just said uh, you really do learn these from women. Why do you think that is? Well, I think for um, a good reason and a bad reason. For the bad reason, we've commodified female vulnerability kind of like across the board. Like you can't, like, uh, not to go back to the 2016 election, but it's like Hillary was all, you know, we're talking about like, what's her suit that she's wearing? How did she feel about Bill? How did she express herself? All these things she kind of has to prove in order to be likable that, you know, our male candidates don't have to. And so in female celebrity memoirs, that is just fully on display. Like if they don't open up their dramas, their trials, their tears, they don't bleed out that book is not going to sell. And so, whereas Matthew McConaughey is like, he, you know, he had great sales and he shared, you know, mostly nothing. And so I think the women have to do it. And then also, um, I personally want to believe that, um, we want to do it because there's, there's so many of the books that are like, I just need to pass this on to somebody, you know, Gabrielle union was like, listen, if you're going to cheat, there's some actual ways to do it. And like, I just need to help. I need to help a girl out. And she just teaches you how to cheat. Wait, Gabrielle te- teaches you how to cheat. Yes, actually. Let me pass this on for any cheaters out there. <laughs> um, Guys, we had a huge like- cheating. We had a, we had a lot of cheaters out there in the audience. So we got to listen to this. You got to listen. Well, and, and, I'll say the advice and then there's a perfect example for this. She said, if you're going to cheat, you have to cheat with someone who has more to lose than you do. So, Oh, that is good. Yes. And that way, you know, you're keeping your secrets a crime, which at the same time I was reading her book, Will and Jada Smith were having their red table talk where she had cheated with this 24 year old rapper who had no August, family. August, August Alcina. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the entanglement. Yeah, exactly. No family, no legacy on the line. It, it only benefited him to be like <laughs> me and Jada have been going hard, you know, he had nothing to lose. And so, you know, and then outed the fact that Jada and Will have been likely cheating on each other their whole lives and so I was like oh yeah that is great advice Gabrielle Union and she said it because she used to cheat on her husband her first husband well now she's with Dwayne Wade and they have a beautiful family and I'm guessing I don't know do we do we consider them equal do we consider Dwayne more I mean would she ever consider cheating or is she did she think she married somebody she couldn't cheat on Cause I think they're I mean, kind of equal in a lot of ways. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think she still experiences a lot of inequality in that relationship because the NBA fandom is just so oh, intense. But yeah. for me, I might not even recognize Dwayne, but Gabrielle union, I'd like bow down yeah. and become a worshiper. <laughs> no, that's a, like sport. The only sports people I've known throughout the years are ones that have dated celebrities. Like yeah. Jessica Simpson dated like Tony Romo. And I was like, that's okay, right. now I know, who I know Tony him. Romo is. Yeah, yeah, like I like I know a lot of the basketball players because of the Kardashians. Like, but there's like a go, you know, I know Dwayne Wade through Gabrielle Union and yeah, I know through same. uh uh their trans child, which I was like, wow, this is amazing. But other than that, so um what decide what made you decide then to do a podcast? Like I gotta talk about this. I gotta talk about yeah. this with other people. So I was uh, so I'm a comedian and yeah, yeah, as we know you know, by law, you have a podcast. And I had gotten out of it. I was like, look at me. I'm a comedian without a podcast. Somehow (laughs) I did it. And um, I was in a hot tub on a girl's trip 
on Valentine's Most Day. Most podcasts are started in a hot tub. That's a scientific. That fact. feels like science because yeah. uh, that's where I was. And I was, you know, just 10 spin, spin drift and vodkas to the wind. And I had brought Jessica <laughs> Simpson's memoir on the trip. Open book. Open, Open book. book. Yeah. And I had pre-ordered it. So it's like I got it in the probably the day it arrived and went and read it. And um, I was so drunk that I started recapping it on my Instagram because I was like, y'all got to read this like you don't even know how good this one is and so I'm posting little quotes from the pages and talking about it and it people went nuts for it and I previously had sort of felt like no one respects that the book genre female celebrity memoirs it was sort of my um secret because you know I was John Stewart's head writer I'm in political late night comedy for a long time it's yeah it was Jordan like, Klepper uh, you know, uh I love Jordan Klepper you wrote on his show I mean yeah amazing, amazing. yeah so but you know because they've done this to female literature and female stories and called it you know chick lit and trash lit I had just sort of kept it to myself and so uh because of culture and so um <laughs> thankfully I was drunk enough to share it and then people responded um half of them I love memoirs too, like what's in this book. And the other half were like, I had no idea these books had any substance in them. And so then I was like, well, then if you like that book, you got to, you got to read my other favorites. And so I started recapping the books on my Instagram and it turned into a podcast like two days later, like two days later, they're like, you got to do a podcast. And at first I was like, no, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? but you then did it and realized how that actually it is a powerful like you 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 made it see what i love about yours is that you're right though every comedian now has a podcast every like they're just yeah. giving it that and, and you can tell that i think a good half of them don't want to be doing it they say it really on the podcast yeah, there's not really there's not really a form there's not really that but through your form through these books it kind of elevates it to where i don't even talk about you and, and i this i don't even talk about you as a comedian you know, oh, like you're, you're yeah, the, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't even like I know you are, and I know you have all of this rich background of work. But like, I'm there for that ride. Then I'm there for that journey because you're teaching me something. You're inspiring me or others to do something, and then it kind of elevates past what those typical comedian podcasts that usually only last like a year do. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, thank you. And you know, really, I. I, I very seriously misjudged podcasts because I had really only known comedian podcasts because that's, that's my world where they would just kind of like ramble on a mic for an hour. And yeah. that's my day job. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I yeah. Was, and so I was like, I don't need more of that. And I hadn't really opened my eyes to what an incredible world this is. And to be honest, my podcast is probably the least comedic thing I do in my life because the books mean so Goddamn much to me. Can I swear on this? I think I've sworn like 20. Yeah. Uh, we just got taken off the air. No, please. Yeah. Swear, okay. Swear okay. It yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, the books mean so much to me. And another reason I didn't want to have podcasts is because um, I had a really hard time sharing uh, personal details about my life. So I had a, yeah. I totally find time like creating, doing comedy, creating content, but like in terms of talking about my life, um, I, I've, you know, I've had some stuff happen and I never wanted to talk about it because that's what hard stuff does to you. And um, when I got, but you actually I, even shared, uh, you have these like mini stories. You had one, yeah. like, two episodes ago, but then even one before that, which you actually really shared yeah, something, but yeah. I mean, you kind of, a, you seem like you're getting better at it. I, this pop, my, I, it is so crazy. My, my podcast therapy and meds turned my whole life around. And it's so weird that podcast is next to therapy and meds, but it really is. I, through reading the books, these women open up their lives so deeply and intensely and almost in every book, there'll be a paragraph that's like, 
If you want to heal, own your story, share your story. Lonnie Anderson, um, who's an uh, actress from the 80s and 90s, was like, even if you married to Burt Reynolds, married to Burt Reynolds, yeah. And yeah. she she was like, write it, you know, just write it on a one piece piece of paper and put it in a drawer, but but write and look at your story, and you'll change your life. And so I'm reading that over and over again. Then I'm reading books like. Demi Moore finds out that her dad is not who her dad yeah, is not her yeah. real dad when she's a teenager. That happened to me. Uh, Tina Turner goes through a horribly domestic violence relationship, a very, you know, very like, yeah. famous one. But there was other yeah. stuff in the book I didn't know about that uh, mirrored some stuff that I had gone through. And so I was just starting to feel like less alone. Um, people were DMing me the way they related to the books. I started to feel like maybe I wasn't as ugly of a person inside and my past as I thought and then I after a year of doing it I shared you know the worst story of my life on a podcast and I I I'm just a different person it's like that move it's like that moment in a superhero movie you know where like the sheen comes over their eyes and they realize like well I can shoot goo out of my hands and (laughs) I I, you know and I I, I told it's like the matrix it's like when you can start seeing like you know, in that scene in the major there, you can start seeing the code, you know, like you're like, oh, now I can see past this BS exterior and I'm seeing what's really actually there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I I definitely wouldn't have, it wasn't, I I was in, um, I was in trauma therapy for a long time. So I'd really already on my own been working through trauma therapy and a lot of trauma work is about looking at your own story and, and, and owning that trauma and working through shame. And so I, I won't discredit those uh, five years, but sort <laughs> I of love like- that you're like, no to that. Yes to late, like yes to women, celebrity autobiographies. That's the real trauma therapy. It's literally like I was in like the therapy built the cake and the podcast was just me serving it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. but you do have like, to serve is, the is cake. The podcast candles. What are we, what, are, what is the, yeah, podcast? What are the, what's the metaphor here? Um, um no, like this, yeah. that's what I, 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 you know, I don't have, the, I, I started all of it, but I, I had like a real like love of comedy just ever since yeah. I was a little kid. And that kind of made me feel less alone was laughing with somebody or even yeah. listening to somebody that could make me laugh. Like that made me. And then when you do this podcast and you start being honest and stuff, it is, it really is this whole other animal of like, oh, other like you know guess what sharing is making me feel less alone like you, you know yeah. this podcast is making me feel less alone and it's comedic yes but not you know like I always just thought like I need hard jokes hard jokes that are like silly I need the 30 rock like flip which by the way you were one of the writers on girls five Emma the that's Tampa right Bay show on peacock which I loved over the pandemic and they just had a second season thank you but- so good uh, really, I mean, like I, that, I, it, I love that. Sh- I like it's so dumb because I wrote on it, but I, I mean, I, I love that show as an audience member. Uh, the best part about not being on season two because I was on a different show is that I got to just enjoy it. It's a, it's a great yeah, show. But like that, for, like first season, I was like, oh, I miss just like just silly. Jo- I mean, like, Jokes. and Thirty Rock used to really kind of do that really well, and then I was like, oh, this is so nice to have this kind of comedy back or that kind of style. Um, okay, so you do talk about mental health, like you just said a lot, and I'm somebody that is on. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm on, uh, SRIs, I do therapy. I have yeah. to, I have to, and I, I still struggle with this on a weekly basis and as I'm sure you do, but it's like, I, I sometimes get frustrated that it's like, okay, I have to do 20 things every day just to be status quo. I have to do 20 things. Like I have to take my pills. I have to make sure I exercise. I have to eat right. I have to do this. I have to do that. And as you get older, that list keeps going on and on and on. Yeah. I can't. And then you talk, you were talking about like makeup, which you, I know really enjoy 
makeup. Yeah. But I was like, girls even then have that added bonus of like, now I have to put on makeup, I have to put on clothes. <laughs> like I'll just put, go under a weighted blanket. Um, uh, I don't know really what the point of that was. I just said like, I love that you actually no, yeah, it, talk about mental health. And well, you know, it's the, the greatest part about sharing is that it gives other people to, permission to share. And when a whole community of people shares, like stuff really does start to move, you know? And like, I've just, it's just like such a weird, magical thing to be happening in such a, uh, genre, unexpected genre. And like, yeah, it also sucks too. It's like that, that sharing that changed my life for sure. But it, it's the worst part is that it's not done. Like I have so much more mental health work to do and I still go through really dark periods and I still get, you know, pretty intense attacks sometimes. It's just that it's better. And uh, you know, on my dark days, my therapist will kind of remind me of like, uh, but, but look at, remember where we were when you first came in and I can definitely like scientifically see giant leaps forward. So even when things are still really bad, I'm like, oh, I'm on the track towards them not being bad one day. Yeah. I just fucking wish I was done. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Like I always like, you don't graduate ever from anything. I think that's like a complete fallacy in this world is that you're not like, I always thought like, even with acting, when I would study or teach acting, it was like, okay, once you get on a show, you never have to go to class again. Cause you're an actor. Like you did it. Yeah, you, gra- yeah. you, you know how to act. And then realizing like, no, you've got to study your entire life. You've got to work that muscle your entire life yeah. and nothing you, you, it's unfortunate to realize you can't coast on anything in this world. If you want something good to happen, you know, yeah, yeah unless absolutely. you're the Kardashians at this point. Oh my God. Truly. I mean, uh, yeah, very, very good point. Yeah. I, I wish we could just be like, listen, I put five years of therapy and that's a lot. I think I should be healed. <laughs> yeah. Whatever higher powers up there. Come on, man. I did Come the on. work. Yeah. I did the work. Um, you were talking about Jessica Simpson's uh, book being the first one. And I, I even, I, it was another one I listened to the audio book of, and I not even like the biggest Jessica Simpson fan, but every one of my listen, like they were all re I wanted to be a part of it. And I was expecting just, I was expecting fluff. And then I get yeah. in there, like she's speaking about John Mayer, like John Mayer seemed like a real dick for all those ladies out there. Like, I know you guys still obsess about John Mayer and I think he's super funny uh, and obviously a good musician, but like the stories in there about John of just keeping her on the line, keeping her on the yeah. hook. Like he made yeah. friends with her parents and would be hanging out with her parents away from Jessica. Yeah. Well, you know, the most, my favorite part of that episode is my guest, who's also my best friend, Ashton Nicole Black. You guys might know her. Um, uh, yeah, totally. So she, she had told me this advice in life. And then when we were reading the Jessica Simpson book, she pointed it out. And it it's, I think it's a little bit world changing, which is why uh, I love talking about these books. So John Mayer would always um, ruin Jessica's life before the biggest moments in her career. So right before she's supposed to sing in front of the president and Dolly Parton. Oh yeah, for the Dolly, the, 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 the yes, awards. Yeah, yeah. That's when he breaks up with her. That's when he stops responding to her phone calls. Like right before she has to go on and then she's so messed up from it that she can't, she walks off stage. She doesn't even finish singing the song on what's supposed to be this huge moment of her career. And the advice Ashley gave was something she was given in grad school, which they said, um, grad school is really hard. You're going to have a lot of term papers and big events and things to, uh, turn in. There will be one person in your life who tries to sabotage you the night before ev- every big, uh, part yeah, of yeah, this yeah. career choice. And they were like, what really? And they're like, there'll always be one look for them. <laughs> 
they're going to act like they love you, but they're always going to start a fight right before, right when it would be worse for you. And that is a person who uh, doesn't want you to succeed and is hurt by your success and is insecure. And if you look around in your life and you start to know, you'll start to find your person and you can, you can take John Mayer out of your life because it took Jessica Simpson nine times to break up with him. (laughs) And then, and then Mayor was doing interviews in Playboy magazine. She's sexual napalm. Like, you know, like we all, like, it's fun. It's not fun to get older, but what, one of the kind of cool things about getting older is that you now have a history of pop culture where you're like, okay, John's riding high right now again. But, you know, you think about all the decades past of like watching this guy come up, you know, the interviews he's done in the past, the Jessica Simpson book comes out. It's really interesting to see now the breadth of a celebrity's career, whether it be the Kardashians uh, you know, and where they started from selling tummy tea to now their billion dollar empire selling yeah. skincare that they cop from some other poor but, ladies, you know. What kills me about John Mayer, though, is that, okay, so th- so Jessica Simpson wrote about how extremely manipulative and awful he was to her. Ten years prior to that, Ricky Lake wrote the same thing about John Mayer in her book. These women have identical paragraphs in their book. Ricky Lake was with John Mayer? Yes, for one sweet night until she told him (laughs) about it, and then he just destroyed her. And Ricky Lake has a paragraph in her book where she's like, so I was showing my friend my text message, like to see, like, is it smart enough and good enough for John? Does it explain to him that like, I'm a new hot person. Cause I just lost weight. And I don't know how to be hot. And I'm just so sorry. And he's writing back. So I'm being sorry, like, man. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, John, that I don't know how to get hot, I, that I'm hot, but I don't know how to use it yet. I don't, right. know, I don't know how to be a hot girl with you. I messed up and told someone <laughs> he's responding like, don't worry about it. I didn't know that, you know, you were, you were, you were new to being hot. Meanwhile, Jessica's book. She's like, I'm showing my friends, my text messages. Like, are they good enough for John? Are they smart enough for John? promising to be a better person. It's like, oh, that's a certain type of man who does that to you. Then Taylor Swift is telling on him. Then in that sexual napalm interview, he's using the N-word. He's yes. saying he doesn't he find black he's... women attractive. <laughs> and how has he not had to atone for these crimes? And is in his head, he thinks he's going to be awarded for honesty. Like, hey, I just am an artist. I just, I was being honest. Like, you know, and he did, like he suffered for a couple of years, but you know, he worked his way back in and people do forget. People do oh, forget. Totally. And know? some people get passes. John, John Mayer's been given a pass to <laughs> Tom Cruise. Listen, even Justin Timberlake <laughs> had to apologize Tom- for nip slip, but, but some people get <laughs> yeah. out of it. Justin Timberlake, by the way, Justin Timberlake had learned something from Janet that immediately when there was just a little wind blowing about Britney Spears, which you talked about a couple episodes ago, her her eventual autobiography is going to be insane. Like just, I'm, I mean, I'm, just, I'm you, worried about it. I'm worried about it. Like the way she's writing is someone who has not even really begun to accept the trauma she's been through. I mean, the way she's writing is really intense like her her instagram captions are are telling a story of someone who hasn't even really accepted what's happened because that's the first step of and the book is going to be coming out at this first stage and i i just wanted to have support well no it's going to be interesting and i i wanted to ask this of you too about ghostwriters and your opinion on ghostwriters because a lot of not just but a lot of celebrities in general use ghostwriters and oh yeah especially with the bravo audience like these things now are coming off the presses. Like I feel like there's one every month with a Bravo Liberty that I don't even know. And I I hate to be negative, but like some of them are like, you haven't even earned a book yet. You, you totally, haven't even earned, oh. you know, like you haven't earned why, why, three seasons of Southern Charm and you're going to like tell me how to live my life about sewing pillows, Craig? Like, I mean, I don't understand 
I, yeah. That, that part, I, I, I just wanted your take on that because Brittany, by the way, has had a one of the most historic careers of all time. But you're right. Like everybody, those Instagram captions are these kind of lyrical, frantic poems that, you know, you're right. She has not accepted because how do you accept the impossible being, was done to you? The impossible was and assaulted and, and just hidden in your home for 12 years like well you did all I mean, that therapy and she was, didn't even have the doctors she had access to were through the conservatorship that wanted to keep her a certain way so she hasn't even had any professionals to be able to work through anything yeah, with yet and, and i i or i hope she is and obviously listen i want her book more than anything like uh, her her you know i read jamie lynn's book and the mom lynn spears book both I mean, just not even as a Brit, uh, fan of Britney, they're both the worst, most pieces of dog shit telling well, that, themselves that, books that of sh- all time. That shocks me. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, who, who, who knew? But I wish the tagline to my podcast could be, not not everyone deserves a book. <laughs> not everybody needs yes, a book. <laughs> that, that's my whole point, was that like, even these people that I like watching, I'm like, why would I? No. I'm already watching you. There's no part, like, I wonder what makes them tick. Like, I, you know. You know? <laughs> the only one who... Uh, yeah, the only one so far that I knew of that really earned that is Nene Leakes. She did one season of The Housewives, wrote a book that sold five copies, and in the book spills the details on everybody. I mean, how they ever came back for a second season when she is talking. Wait, is that true? Yeah, I, I, she's I don't just talking think I'm aware of so much shit on people. Yeah, it, I, it truly sold two copies. Like, I don't even think people realize she had a book. But is, I mean, in is the it book, even out there like, anymore? Can you get it or is it like? You can get it used. You can get it used. Okay. And she's like, Kim, Kim's a piece of trash whoremonger. Here's her every detail about her life. This every cast member she trashes. Uh, she tells she gets the goods on everything. Yeah, I mean that's what the other thing you can kind of start to see with these celebrity memoirs too. It seems like they, you know, they give a little dirt. They're like, this is the time I have to give five facts about dirt on the show that I worked on, so it'll keep you interested. Now here's why I had a child. You know, yeah, like it's yeah, always yeah, seems yeah. very pattern. Um, uh, the Britney Spears, though, back to that, uh, is just that I, I think even if they gave her a ghostwriter, which I'm sure they're they're trying to do, oh, you're yeah. gonna like just from her personal writing on those Instagram captions, you're gonna know immediately. Oh, this is not Britney writing this. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? Um, I've spoken to some. I've spoken to a great ghostwriter, Hillary Lifton, who's done a ton of celebrity memoirs. She came on our podcast and she talked about how you're half therapist, half writer, because you really are wading through someone's story with them and, and, you know, getting perspective on it a lot like therapy. And I just, I just hope she has an actual therapist and I hope she has a ghostwriter who is really, can really help her tell her story in a way she's proud of. But I also think she's, she's writing with vengeance, my favorite type of book. I mean, she is writing to just put her sister in the dirt and I am here for it. Um, her and her mom's books are crimes. They're, they're, I mean, they should be in jail for writing those books. And, you know, the, 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 the memoirs of like family members of celebrities, it's always like, you know, the wind through my hair. Like, it's always like this weird, like the titles yeah. never, it's like, uh, you know, something about yeah. strength and courage or something. You oh know? yeah. The moms is through the storm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's it. Through the storm. Yeah. yeah. Jamie Lynn truly stole her sister's song lyrics, pretended she didn't, you know, when her book came out, um, she uh uh target had the original title already printed on their little barcodes and so people could see that because she came out she's like oh i uh, that was just a temp title that someone else put on my book i wasn't going to steal my sister's song and then you know those book companies are just flying on their own like that yeah 
Yeah. And then she chose a book. Actually, now I'm now. I'm, what was her book title again? It was um, hold it on. It was like pieces of me. No, I, no, it was um, it was. Okay, wait, hold on. Okay, hold on. I have I have to find this. Her book title is Things I Things I Should Have Said, which is just. <laughs> a simile <laughs> for that title she was going to steal from her sister books i should have wrote um, yeah 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 yeah. things i should have should not have said we should add an n and a t to that title how do you go about choosing the books that you cover at this point i i am curious if like book companies are trying to get you to cover uh their their off you know their celebrities books is it like that or do you i mean how do you compile a list of each season what you want to cover you know the first um dozen or two dozen episodes were just some of my favorites um and so that that was easy and then then we started getting contacted of like will you cover our book and i did a couple of them and i actually deleted those episodes because yeah. they wanted the author to come on and it was just like uh, it was often just someone who wasn't supposed to have a book talking about their book versus someone who was really offering something. Um, and so really I have this test at the end of the podcast, which I call the book dull test, (laughs) 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 really dumb play on the Bechdel test, but we talk about like, did the author share their truth? Was the book entertaining? And did it elevate your life in some way? And if a book passes all three of those, it's always going on the podcast because again, like if, if it's a good one, like these books change your whole life. Like Gabrielle Union's first memoir, life-changing. Molly Shannon's memoir, life-changing. Um, to me, more is life-changing. Delta Burks. And so- what do you uh, think of Sally Fields? Uh, so Sally Field, her memoir, her episode that we did is one of my favorite episodes of yeah. all time, um, especially because of my guest who is Danielle on Bitch Sesh. Um, and I, she really offered something um, seismic in her book, but she is someone who felt like she was trying to understand her story for the first time when she published it. And if she wrote her book again, I think it would be different. And her story has a lot to do with, um, her mom's husband, her stepdad sexually abused her, her entire life. And she doesn't even tell her mom about it till her, her mom is like an old woman, like right before she dies. And she just has to get it out. And didn't wait, didn't the mom like go like, I thought so or something like that? No, the, or, like, the mom what? says, I don't believe you. You're a liar. That, uh, and then the well. next, the next morning comes back and is like, uh, I'm sorry. I, I believe you and tell me everything. But at that point, Sally doesn't need to tell her mom everything because just having her be aware that this happened because she was abused by the stepdad, but there's a second abuse when your mom is keeping this violent, abusive person, like in your household. So it was like, you know, abuse yeah. there. And then Sally talks about dating Burt Reynolds, who's a known monster to women from multiple women's books, especially Lonnie Anderson's and Sally kind of has this love for Burt still. So she kind of can't really tell you what happened because she feels so bad writing him out. But like in the book, it's sort of like, feels like he physically abused you. Didn't, didn't allow your children to be around. She would like cook him steak in the morning and carry it around to set all day so she could bring it to him for dinner, then go back to her kids who weren't allowed at his house. But she's like, you know, it's written a little vaguely and it was really, really great, but the book wasn't, uh, it wasn't at the point that maybe Gabrielle unions was for me. Yeah. 
Well, you were really writing hard for Gabriel Union's book. I feel like you're, I know, in, the, I try and, you're in the pocket of big Gabriel right now. I really like, well, I really try. Actually, um, when I first read that book, I bought 13 copies of it and gave it out as gifts to every woman I knew. Wow. Um, yeah. And so some some of them are just there's there's others that are are really I mean, Mariah Carey's is fantastic. Um, I'm, Jane Fonda's it's 500 pages, but my God, is it good? It's a the length Jane of the Fonda's Bible. Jane Fonda's got but... one of the biggest stories. I mean, but what a what a life that Jane Fonda, yeah. like people don't even realize. Oh yeah, and Jane wrote hers alone. Jane had no ghostwriter. Dude, I, I, I can totally see that. Um, I know you've got to be writing your own book and you have so many stories to be telling. And then I was listening to the one about the uh, magician that thought he had uh, an STD, which is great. It turns out it was just a, an age spot. Uh, I don't want to, sorry, I don't want to give that away. You should listen to it yourself. Uh, but like, is this one of those things that you keep all of these stories in your back pocket because you know, this is going to be coming for you one day, you will be putting out your own book. Um, well, yeah, I'm putting in my own book fall 2023. The manuscript is due in three months. Um, uh, Harper Collins bought it, which is so great. Um, I, so great. wait, 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 just stop. You ever in your wild as a kid, like I knew what Harper Collins was as a kid. Can you effing believe that? Like that no. to me is like Harper, like that's not some fly by night. That's huge. No, it's, it's, I always, always wanted to have my own book and dreamt that one day I would, but that felt like a more impossible dream than becoming a television writer. Like I, I just, there was no world in which I thought I would get to have a book. And if I did, maybe it would be at the end of my life because I'm also very into memoirs. And so I want to tell some stories from my life. And I just didn't think that was going to, I had it on my vision board as like a one day and the, uh, the podcast actually is people kept writing to me and being like, you should have a book, you should have a book. And I was like, that's so nice, but you know, whatever. And then an agent wrote to me and I was like, well, what are you, what are we talking about over here? <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> and, um, and at first I was like, no, I, I can't tell stories about my own life. I'll pick my favorite quotes from celebrity books. I'll do a coffee table book. And, um, luckily my agent who I ended up signing with was like, write a memoir. You're a comedy writer. You love memoirs, write your comedy memoir. And I said, can I? And he was like, I don't know. Can you, you're going to have to write out a sample. And if it's good enough, you'll have a book. And if it's not, you won't. Um, and so, uh, you know, wow, plus, what, a, what a, what a great agent. Yeah. yeah. But it, it was, it was actually yeah, pretty heartening. I was like, yeah, yeah, let's see. Do I deserve a book or not? This is something I judge people on all the time. If I don't, I certainly don't want to put one out there. Um, and so then, uh, I got really, really lucky. Um, publishing companies have imprints at them and this imprint called Hanover imprint. Um, and the editor, Grace Towery read it and like got it. And their whole company had already been listening to the podcast and they were like, do this. And I was like, I'd love to. And I sold a book and I was living in New York city for my last job. And I was like, I'm Carrie fucking Bradshaw. Like I'm like skipping down the streets and like New York is magical. Like I, I, I was crying. I mean, I think it, it, it's like the biggest thing that's ever happened to me of all the things that have happened. I love that you thought TV writing was uh, definitely more obtainable than ever writing a book. Like yeah. to me, like that's the other, but I see, I think TV writing is like, holy moly. And you just signed a, a deal with 20, 20th Century Fox, which I know you're, uh, there's a pilot, right? Is, is that about to go in production or? Yeah, so I developed 
my own TV shows for them. And then they have to go through processes of going yeah. to network and then they have to go through processes to going there. But I developed something with them um, a year or two ago. And now I'm, and now I'm entered the next round where I've just given them my new slate of TV shows and we'll have to see what happens. But for me, TV writing is creating uh, an offering of content and jokes and great stories, which obviously is very hard, but for the book is me. Now you have to like me and my stories and what I have to say. And like, that is what was shocking to me. Yeah. Is it like, I mean, I think there's this gremlin in a lot of our heads, especially creative types that are like, I can, I know at the end of the day, I'm not enough. Like, I mean, everybody's like, you're enough. And I'm like, no, I'm not enough. Like that's, that's a cute little saying, but no. And then sometimes you realize, wait, wait a sec. Could it be true? Could I be enough? Could be, would people actually interested? Like this is because this town, like, I mean, you know, and you actually, New York on top of it, it, it really uh, it'll tries you. to beat you down. It'll, like it wants to be, it doesn't care. It, doesn't, it hopes all of these you things. die. It's sucking oh. your blood every day. Oh, you know, yeah, it's like, you know, yes, Mad exactly. Max where you have like these blood bags, you know, and you're just like a <laughs> yeah. corpse. Yes, yes. <laughs> We yeah, we're needed to keep the sky somewhat breathable in in Los Angeles. Yeah, we are the blood off, bags. <laughs> yeah, they feed off our dreams, and that's why I said I, I used to work in an acting studio, and I was like, you don't understand. It's like you're dealing in people's dreams every day, so that energy coming through an acting studio's door is the most intense energy you're ever going to feel in your life because yeah. you're dealing with people that they they were told they were good in their high school musical and now their dreams aren't coming true and they're not Julia Roberts and they're not this person and it's like this slow or, trudge to be an overnight they success. they are. They are Julia Roberts and no one will give them a chance and they're yeah. just going to have to pay a million dollars in rent and uh, never get the break, even though they know they're Julia Roberts. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I used to pray for uh, obliviousness. Like I thought it was one of the strongest tools you could have in performing <laughs> arts is just to be oblivious. Cause you just wanted you to would, dissociate. <laughs> well, you would know you would see people also that just didn't, they weren't talented. They weren't, they shouldn't yeah. be getting auditions. They shouldn't be getting auditions, but they didn't know that. So they kept working and eventually they got okay. Yeah. Like, they, they, they kept like past the point of like, would I be like, no, I suck. I'm not doing that again. And they would not know that they sucked. So they would keep going and eventually get better, which is like, that's obliviousness. Yeah. Yes. You know what? You're right. But I will also say that's on my, uh, on my darkest days, the most inspiring things to me have not been people I respect whose work I love. It has been people I don't respect whose work is terrible. <laughs> and I've been like, <laughs> look at that. If you just keep walking, <laughs> it will happen. So here I am thinking I'm terrible, but so are they. So let's all go forward. I love it. I love it. Um, uh, you're doing actually a live performance at Dynasty Typewriter, I believe this Sunday. I don't know. Are you going to continue yeah, to do Sunday, those? Yeah, this Sunday, five o'clock, white wine hour. Um, and it's a, it's a live show, which is a different than the podcast. Um, and we're also doing a live stream of it, which is actually, um, our producer's specialty is creating live streams that are really enjoyable to watch, like the way you would turn on, you know, a good show. And so we're doing a live stream too. And you're doing all of the Judd's books, right? Yes. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasons 
seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Now is my favorite time of the show where I get to talk about the fine people that are sponsoring the show this week. And we have a new one. Uh, it is our friends at ZocDoc. That is Z-O-C-D-O-C. Now, this is an amazing company. It's an app, actually. Um, you know how I talk about uh, I talk about mental health a lot. I talk about trying to find doctors a lot. Uh, remember when I went to Nashville last year and got strep throat and then got thrush? And I was like in a panic trying to find a doctor because, you know, me completely disorganized. Um, ZocDoc is somebody that would have helped me and will help me from here on out. Finding a doctor is so personal and now it has become almost scary and you build it up so much in your mind because it is, how do you cut through all the noise? Well, ZocDoc, with ZocDoc, you can. It is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. Um, nobody knows what you're looking for better than you, but you do need help, and that is where ZocDoc comes in. Um, also, one of the most important things is who actually takes your insurance. So with ZocDoc, you can focus on doctors who are in network that put you on the path to see the doctors who are right for you. So no more wasting your time hunting down like, you know, your your aunt, Shirley's cash only chiropractor or your dentist, your coworker recommended who's out of your network. Now nah, you don't need any of that. You can find all of this right on your app. And in fact, I just downloaded the app um, right before I did this because I wanted to check out everything and it took all of one minute. Like, I think it was less than one minute. I was like, oh my God, it's always weird when you're like, oh, of course there is a company out there to cut through all the noise and to help us with these things that I am legitimately scared of. I love that there is this app. The thing that they also highlight that I love is the patient reviewed part is that you can read up what other verified patients say. These are real humans and how their visits went. So you can actually properly be educated about what you're walking into. So when you walk into that doctor's office, you're set up to see someone in your network who gets you. So go to ZocDoc.com, that's Z-O-C-D-O-C, choose a time slot and whether you want to see the doctor in person or do a video visit. And just like that, you're booked. Find the doctor that is right for you. Get this, every month millions of people use ZocDoc and I am now one of them. It is going to be my go-to whenever I need to find and book a doctor and I will prove it to you this week because I will be scheduling my first appointment through ZocDoc. Uh, so in the chaotic world of healthcare, let ZocDoc be your trusted guide to find a quality doctor in a way that is surprisingly pain-free. 
Uh, with ZocDoc, you can get your docs in a row. Ah, ducks, docs, get it? Uh, so go to ZocDoc.com slash SoBad, S-O-B-A-D, and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash SoBad, ZocDoc.com slash SoBad. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. You guys, just go check it out. Put my code in there and just go check it. You don't have to do it. Just do just check it out. Let's get healthy together, please. Uh, finally, it is our friends are back from Splendid Spoon. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You, you guys, I've been talking about Splendid Spoon a lot. I don't know if you guys saw my Instagram video. If you haven't, I'll send it. It's gripping. I should win some kind of Emmy for it. Um, but uh, <laughs> this is like this. We're getting into the summer, right? We're getting into the time that you do not want to spend time trying to like cook, trying to clean the cooking, all of that stuff. You want things ready to go and that are good for you. And that is where our friends from Splendid Spoon come in. Um, because listen, like I, I want to go to as many concerts as I can do, can go to this summer. You need, if you're going to have like any kind of, if you're going to, you gotta, you gotta get your belly full before you go out into the world. Yeah, I said it. Get your belly full and Splendid Spoon is going to do that for you. Uh, you can make more time to enjoy this summer and feel great with plant-based meals that require no prep time. They send delicious, plant-based, ready-to-eat meals and snacks right to your door. I completely recommend Splendid Spoon. Like, truly. I love their shots, their shakes. Uh, It truly is, like, you guys know, not a mental giant here. I pop off the lid. You put it in the microwave. You do, like, two and a half minutes. Sometimes I'll do 240 just to be, like, a crazy man. And you have really good food. Um, So Splendid Spoon Meals are shipped right to your door, ready to eat. You'll only lift a finger to press start on your microwave. This is true. Also, I will not lie to you. You're going to have to take the meals out of the box that they send you. That's not done for you. you got to put them into your fridge. Uh, So it fits into any schedule and there's a meal plan for everyone. And this is exciting. Every meal plan is customizable, so you can get what you want every time. Every single meal, like I said earlier, 100% plant-based, gluten-free, GMO-free, always made with plenty of vegetables, legumes, healthy fats, whole grains, and spices from all over the world. Uh, You can enjoy a fresh take on classic dishes like their fan-favorite vegan meatballs and marinara noodles, or take your taste buds on a journey with exciting dishes like cauliflower tikka soup, does anybody want to take a journey on with their taste buds with me? Like, hey, would you guys like to go take a <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be taking a taste bud journey soon. Uh, they got plenty of smoothies, grain bowls, soup bowls, noodle bowls for you to s- discover. And with over 50 choices and a constant rotating menu, there's always new dishes to try. Plus, eating plant-based food can come with a wealth of benefits like improved action energy, sleep, digestion, and complexion. That's all awesome just by something that you don't even have to spend time making. So eat well and enjoy more of your summer with Splendid Spoon. Get started today and save on the entire week of ready-made plant-based meals. So this is what you do. You go to splendidspoon.com forward slash so bad. Just 
Type in that address. You don't have to get it. Type it in. See for yourself. Also, you can save $50 off your first box when you subscribe. That's $50 off at splendidspoon.com forward slash so bad. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. And now you guys back for the remainder of our show. Yes. And I'm so. Which, did, did you already plan on this even before the news that it, that it yes. unfortunately. So wow. from the beginning, um, when we started doing, a, doing live shows, I said, I'm going to save the Judds for a live show because I want each guest to read a book. Ashley Judd's book, Winona Judd's book, Naomi Judd has too. And so we'll all kind of come to court together, each representing a Judd. And so we had booked it. And um, oh, then Naomi's passing came out. And I thought about actually canceling it, but because, you know, I don't, Naomi did some pretty wild things to her daughters and the the most amazing and thing I'm excited to look at in these books is they all say different things. So Naomi will be like, and then Ashley didn't really like music. She loved books and she would just lock herself in her room because she was a quiet kid. And Ashley would be like, uh, my mom told me I wasn't allowed to join the group. They were getting famous. No matter what, I should stay in my room and fuck off and die. <laughs> um, and so there's some tough things in that family. But then I sort of realized, like, I, I love these women. They're one of my favorite stories. And probably the best way to, like, talk about their legacy is to talk about it. I love that. No, that's actually And uh, I know you come from a performance background. So do you even have nerves for doing anything like this anymore? Is this just like, yeah, I can't wait for five o'clock on Sunday. Let's rock. Like, what is your uh, take on performing now? Um, yeah, I don't have nerves anymore, which is incredible. I wish I could tell myself. So it's just fun. It's just fun for you. You Um, just look forward to it. No, it won't just be fun. I do have like, if it's going well, yeah, it's just fun. But like, I still have shows that don't go well. I do stand up. I have shows, especially coming off the pandemic that I, I'm like, uh, you know, I can't even, I don't have forgotten how to talk to people. Um, they don't go well. Those still make me spiral and wonder what I'm doing and why I'm even trying. Like I, I still spiral, but before I get there, I mean, I used to want to puke. My hands would be shaking so badly. I oh, would, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. I would I would try alcohol. I would try beta blockers because oh, like, I, I couldn't blockers. get over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Couldn't get over it. And then because I was an improviser at Second City, you do eight shows a week. Um, and then you after those eight hour eight shows, you do an hour of improv. So you do an hour-long improv set. And to get to that job, you, you have to do that on their touring company. And to get to the touring company, I did it on a cruise ship. And to do it on a cruise ship, you perform for free constantly until you're good enough. And so I really threw a thousand million terrible improv shows, beat my own nerves out of me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> Oh yeah. I mean, improv, especially, I mean, but yeah, I mean, you're, God, I love that. They're like, it's like the Scientology Sea Org with second yeah. city. They're like, we got to put you on a boat for a billion years and then you'll, you'll come back trained and ready, but it actually did. Train oh yeah. You. Oh, and some people, some people are still out there on the Sea Org doing comedy, you know, on that cruise ship. Only <laughs> some people get to come off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I remember going to second city once. Cause my, I taught it like uh, the cherub program at Northwestern one summer. And I, it was like the year, like it was before Rachel Dratch was on SNL, but I, you know, saw the show and then the hour of improv afterwards yeah. that you're talking about. I remember seeing her and it was just one of those things where I, j- where you, she would just be, and I would laugh like, you yeah. know, and I didn't know who she was at the time. I had yeah. no clue. And I just like, she would just sit, she was sitting in this rocking chair. Like I, and I just thought it was like the funniest thing I'd ever seen. And I was like, wow, you know, that's, Comedy's so great. Like you can just give a look and make somebody completely die, you know? Yeah. Comedy, comedy is a, a lifesaver. It's just a lifesaver. Like if you're in a bad place, comedy saves your life. If you need to fix something on your own, comedy can save you. Uh, comedy will also be the 
It'll be the best show you've ever seen in your life. It'll also be the worst show you've ever seen in your life. Like the best show I've ever seen my whole life was an improv show. The worst shows I've ever experienced are improv shows. Oh yeah. I mean, I just were like, I, I was like, I remember like improv Olympic at like 10 PM at night, you know, I, mm. I, I st- like three, you know, you, you hesitate to invite your friend. I mean, this is when you're like just coming, like just trying to even learn it. And you're going up there with like two of your friends and your ex in the audience. And you like, you, you know, they're full it's of so shame nice they for came. you. <laughs> oh, no, oh, you, you stop, by the way, you stop inviting after a while. You're like, this yeah. is just going to be painful for everybody involved. So, but that's yeah, the only yeah, way you yeah. can get good. Oh yeah. Also they don't, they didn't allow us to perform unless you had five people in the audience. So, you know, sometimes you got to get that X in there because you, you need a fifth warm body for your bad show. <laughs> I remember doing like a two and a half hour play of Hurley Burley once in LA for three people on a Sunday matinee, which is like, you have like, I'm snorting baking powder. I'm like all this shit. And just like, wait, really? Like for the three people, like, like yeah, somebody yeah. sneezes and I'm like, bless you. You know, like it was just yeah. wild. Um, uh, so you have that, you have that coming up. Do you, do you have a little bit more time? Yeah. Uh, Cause I wanted to talk a little bit about pop culture if I could. Please. Uh, I love your Instagram. Uh, I'm a new follower to your Thank Instagram you. I love yours. and you were talking about weddings on the podcast we did. And it really seems like you were not lying. You really like to go to town at weddings. Yeah. Um, uh, you like to go crazy. Like you, it seems like yeah. you have the most fun in fact, I was like, "Couldn't we hire her out just to go to weddings?" Like this, she's. I would love to. I would love to. Anytime, anyone. You want to invite me to your wedding? I'll fucking be there. Um, I love weddings. I think it's they're so. Um, it's such a purified form of who you are, whether you want it to be or not. But like, anytime you go and see a wedding, like you, you, you know who that person is and 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 where they came from, and it's like fascinating to me. It's a love story. There's dancing. There's uh, usually lots of booze. I mean, I, you know, how about this? If it's a dry wedding or you don't have an open bar, actually don't invite me. But if you have lots of booze, <laughs> how will I be there? And, um, and the also, fashion you take, you take the fashion seriously. Very I seriously. was like, you guys know I'm not like an old Navy guy, but like the, she was like recreating these like flower expensive shoes on her Instagram and she did it. And uh, was that at a wedding that you wore those? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it was okay. So, uh, so the other thing too, is that I'm engaged, I'm, I'm planning a wedding. And so I'm also like, you know, even more interested in weddings than I was before. And for our engagement photos, I, I found a photo, my, my aunt sent me a photo of these Dolce and Gabbana, um, birds of paradise shoes that had these big, beautiful flowers on them. She was like, you should wear these. And I was like, I would love to, um, $1,500, which morally I can't get behind it. Like even having $1,500 to throw away, I just don't believe in it. Um, yeah. Like like if you ever, like when you get to the point, you're multi multi multimillionaire, Will you feel like, will you do those? I always wonder about that. When you do have the millions, will you feel more comfortable buying those or will it still be like, that's ridiculous? I mean, I already have a level of finances. I never thought I'm a TV writer, right? So it's like, I remember us struggling so hard and now I'm not. And definitely there's some things where I'm like, um, I am good. Oh my gosh, we're going to go stay at a nice hotel or I do want to buy that dress, but I I am nowhere near, like, I'm not going to buy a designer bag. Like that's still horrifying to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I have one and people will be like, Oh, look at you. And I'm like, it's a knockoff that someone gifted me. Like I didn't even go in search of it. Um, but yeah, there's some things that I, I honestly hope they'll always gross me out because they're gross. And I hope I I never lose myself to thinking it's fucking cool to having a bag that costs five grand. I just think that's gross. I always wonder about the mentality. What will you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Believe me, I'll uh, I'll get out of this little tiny room that I'm trying to act like as a studio. Like, I mean, I, 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 
I don't know what I would do. I never thought about it. In fact, I, I famously drive a Toyota Corolla and I'm like, it drives well. I keep yeah. keeps the overhead low. Yeah. And like, but I think like I would still want to maybe go to like, it's like a gray. I'd go to a black Toyota Corolla because I just like the color black more. Like I'm like sincerely a simple, like I want to be able to like buy media and like rent Amazon movies without worrying about like, you know, like just simple yeah. things. I want to buy books. I want to continue to buy books and not check out from the library. You know, totally. Although we love libraries, but I, I, I do. Say I this, do. Though. There's some. There's some rich person stuff that is like cool. Like I wanted to buy every celebrity perfume and try it. That was a fantasy of mine. I was, you know, I would always go into Walgreens and it's like, oh my god, like you know, Britney has a <laughs> perfume and I wish I could buy it. It's thirty bucks. And so um, last Christmas, I was like. Yeah, bitch. Like I write on a TV show, I'm buying every celebrity perfume and I'm trying it out. And then I um, gave it away to my podcast followers. I'll send them like, perfumes and stuff. That's <laughs> guys, so cool. you get gifts. Shit. Go subscribe right yeah. now. You get gifts. If well, you, you got to be hardcore. You got to be hardcore to get the perfumes, but they are there. You look, there's some on my windowsill. Like those are still to be given away. Oh, I have, um, I have Chloe and Lamar's uh, unbreakable sense. I have Vicky, <laughs> Vicky like? gun. It, 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 tastes like failure unfortunately it, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. You know, it, it smells like rob kardashian um yeah. uh, sorry um so it smells and, like a condom you used on someone else <laughs> and i have vicky gunvalson from real housewives of orange county she has v perfume yeah and i got i found you always find these things at ross yes always you know, at ross like Ross is a great celebrity like on the you know if it doesn't sell well it's always at ross it's always at ross um even if it does sell well you can always ross is on it um kohl's that's always that's a good one for celebrity perfumes too um, my I mom mean, loves to buy things for me from kohl's like my mom loved like i'm gonna go to kohl's yeah and you're like anything you need for christmas and i'm got like great hey, stuff. I, I, yeah she yeah. loves kohl's cash um, um but yeah you're, like that, you're getting yeah sorry Sorry, no, I was just going to say over you. stuff like that is worth it. First class tickets. That seems cool. Other things that rich people have always talked about, like Chateau Marmont fucking suck. They suck. Yeah. Like they're gross and moldy and stupid and bad. And they've told us it's all good. Cause we were talking about that on some of Blair's episode. Like there's a lot of rich people things that are like, Oh my God, rich people go here. And you're like, this is nasty. And y'all are lying to us. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and Instagram and all that crap makes it even worse because then you, they almost propagate this thing at such a speed where now it's like, no, like look at the neon in the Chateau. It's legendary. And then people from all over think that's a place to hit up then. And it, you know, it's Los Angeles culture and celebrity culture is just wild. Um, like you are getting married, uh, your fiance, Yasser Lester, sorry, I'm Yasser Lester. I'm yeah. Yasser Lester. Um, <laughs> is an amazing comedian. You guys all know him. If you don't really go check him out, uh, you, you're going to do a upcoming podcast with him. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask how you guys met, but they're like, you're going to share that story on your podcast, which I am very excited to hear. When is that coming out? Um, when is that coming out? I think in a month, you know, I'll, I'll give your listeners a hot exclusive that I haven't even get in mind. Uh, we're doing a very weird book together because I, uh, uh, I, I didn't want to do a book where you feel so precious about it. I would feel bad if he and I went off on tangents and didn't cover yeah. the book. So I was giving him the list and he was like, Jenny Jones. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, let's do Jenny Jones. Jenny Jones yes. And Jenny Jones is also, um, kind of implicit in a murder and it kind of led to her the downfall of her show and I'm just excited to revisit it and the downfall of VH1 reality shows yes. I don't know if it covers that but the, what part of that actually was the downfall of like the rock of love the flavor of loves all of those VH1 reality shows ended because of that murder yeah yeah exactly and so I 
I'm excited to dive in. I haven't That's... even cracked the book open, but it's we we've got two copies sitting on our nightstands. And oh, uh, I was like, wouldn't it be great it? if he's like fully read it three times? He's like so prepared. He's like, no, no way. Um, uh, you know, you were talking about mental health and stuff like that. All the work you did was that, and I know this is probably a deeper question. That I was curious personally, did it lead you to be able to actually be in a healthy, loving relationship? Um, this is the unfunniest question ever, but is no, that something I that bet. really what truly a, helped? What a sweet question. Um, um, it definitely, it, I, I will say this, it, it, um, there's no way I could be getting married if I had not gone to as much trauma therapy because no one would marry me. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> I, 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 just be, I love that there's um, potentially a sea of stories about you out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I, I think they're not fun. It's just like, wow. So I'll, I'll tell you this, and this is going in the book. My ex-boyfriend um, told me um, I was too sad. I was too sad of a person and he couldn't picture being around that type of sadness every day for the rest of his life. And I was like, yeah, man, you think I want to be with it? Like you had your mind that early on. Wait, did he no, was he that the end or did he tell you that? Year three, man. And this he, has been the saddest I, three years of my life. I know. And, <laughs> and the 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 other the flip side is that I, I'm also I'm also very fun, but I do have all this sadness to deal with that you know he got to see because he lived with me. And in the same conversation where he this this is what it was like to date me a long time ago. And you know, what ask yes or maybe it's still like this. Um, <laughs> he was like, You're too sad, and like uh, there's just a lot of intensity with this. I was like, Yes, and in the same fight, he was like. And that bit you do with the baby voice, I'm afraid you'll be doing it on my deathbed. And I said, that, that bit you love that I do? And he said, I don't love it. And I said, it's been three years, motherfucker. You weren't going to say anything? And he was like, I just kind of hoped you'd stop doing it. And so, you know, I was bringing bits. I was bringing tragedy. And I, really- I love that you had a catchphrase in the sitcom of your relationship. You're like... <laughs> And now I would yeah. like that inner monologue you must have had every time you did the voice, well, like the here, inner monologue. Here, here's the thing. I, when I did the monologue, he would be like, come on now, stop that. But it was part of the bit. So the bit was that I would do it. And then he would say, no. So, you know, maybe he really was telling me the whole time. <laughs> he was begging to stop. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is your role in the bit I do when I do that baby voice. Um, so, so yeah, so yeah, I think I needed to, I, de- I 1000% needed to go to therapy. Um, I, and I, I was, I honestly was a woman on fire. I was on fire and I had no idea. And I could only date people who could be with someone who was literally on fire emotionally. And like, that's a small group or people who want to date you for a couple months and not longer. So, uh, thank God. Yeah, what, a, what a hinge profile that would have been. I'm on fire. I'm yeah. crazy. <laughs> Um, I did want to get, uh, you had brought this up in your stories today. Uh, the book girl boss, yeah. Sophia, um, I don't know, Omarosa. Omarosa, uh, which was, you know, she had the, you know, a, a huge rise and a huge fall. And she tweeted the other day. She said, please stop using the, the term girl boss, because it really did come this cultural phenomenon of girl bossing of, you know, what is your take on girl? Are you sad? 
that you are not allowed to use the term girl boss anymore. Well, yeah. So I wouldn't say sad's the word. I would say I'm, <laughs> I'm enraged. She created it. I am enraged that at its inception, like the, cause she created the company girl boss TM girl boss copyright. Yeah, it was a nasty gal. Name. And yeah. It, yeah. Nasty gal was her clothing. Girl boss was her company that she still runs now. Um, and in the inception of becoming a girl boss in that book, she shits on feminism. The only feminist values she has are fake ones. She's a white feminist to a T, which is just like, I succeed and no one else. She's a, a horrible um, capitalist monster who shits on her previous socialist values. I mean, just a monster. She created the term to be a monster. So when she's like, please stop using it, you've corrupted it. It's like, ah, you served it to us yeah. rotten. And I you- mean, it, it, don't tell anybody what to do also like how like i mean that's that's just wild like what a uh. yeah also like how dare you you put this word into culture it's your fault now it, it girl boss means something very bad it meant something very bad to begin with and you took our you took the gender of female you took the branding of feminism and you made millions while actively hurting women and it, it's like i just oh she makes me so mad i mean listen are you ever called a boy boss a little boy boss boy boss lion <laughs> <laughs> please stop doing that voice i just i can't it's just the voice is too much no yeah uh, yeah he loves it by the way i would love like a boy boss a man boss like i'm not ever called a boss of anything like i'm a boss of like eating cold cuts um uh but i are you ever going to cover that book or did you ever oh yeah that so book? that's that book is coming on the podcast with gabby dunn okay. who does the uh, podcast bad with money um and you know so, gabby was angrier at that book than i was uh so that was that was also it, it's I, I don't like when I don't like the books. It makes me very sad, but that book I'll probably light on fire in an Instagram live. <laughs> that actually would be cool. We just had that Margaret Atwood where she was trying to, the uh, flame proof copy of Handmaid's Tale. That's Did you right. see that she took a, fl a flamethrower to it and like, it was like a fireproof copy? That what would if be I fun, do that but with Boss? Yeah, but you like, did, does burn. <laughs> Sorry, girl. Um, and lastly, Every girl boss has a flame retardant book. <laughs> um i just bought uh it was it's been on my amazon wish list for three years now and i figured i deserved a 12 dollar treat and i bought chris jenner's autobiography Ooh. from <laughs> how is that i have not even this just came yesterday okay. and it's like from like 12 years ago so i need you to report always, back and maybe come back on <laughs> Well, that's what I, I kind of wanted your take on the car. You you were talking about them sometimes in your stories because I just find it like uh, it's one of the things that I almost feel like is an argument for we're in a simulation because I really truly don't understand. Like, you know, you have the humble roots of reality and to show what it's become now. Like, I know you love Drag Race. I know you love reality shows, which we didn't really get to talk a lot about. But this is like a different, it's becoming a different animal. Like it's now affecting yeah. uh, geopolitical. I mean, it's getting to a point where I'm like, wait a sec, wait, like the Kardashians came out for Rick Caruso. Like they're like doing. And so I, did Gwyneth Paltrow, which. And they they misspelled her name in the ad. Rick Caruso Good. misspelled Gwyneth. Good. But yeah, Katy Perry came out for, I'm like, what is, what is like. What is wrong with you guys? You're I mean, actively like, ruining our city and using your fake liberalism to do it. What a bummer. I don't even uh, like the Grove. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't, don't, I, I just feel like the Kardashians now, it's just wild. Like, you're in a position where they are getting courted to, you know, endorse candidates. Like, to to choose, because you know Kim's going to be running uh, at some point for some no, kind of California. No way. Oh. No way. Chelsea? You think so? 
Oh, I will bet you, I'll bet you a thousand dollars for real. Okay. In the next 10 years, she will be running for office. I swear. And I, I will, you can hold me to this. I'll buy you a fake expensive handbag. Oh, I want a fake expensive handbag so bad. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm, I'm going through my Rolodex of Kim, uh, Kim, of Kim Miss. Uh, yeah, I'll take that bet on. Okay, cool. No, that's exciting because it, remember, it doesn't matter anymore. Your past, like we've thrown that out the way we can be anybody. Oh, sure. Kim has totally reinvented herself. Like, you know, she's now actually even made the Ray J sex tape a stamp of feminism. You know, I'm not going to be ever ashamed of this. Like this season of the Kardashians, oh, yeah. which you probably are. Are you watching this season of the Kardashians? No, I really can't do them. Yeah. You Man. would get enraged. You would get enraged. But, um, I mentioned you watch drag race. Is there anything else you're watching right now in terms of reality or shows in general that you just love? Drag Race All Stars, what a gift! Um, in love with it, yes, love Drag Race. Um, I loved the Ultimatum on Netflix, and you yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I put it on. The first episode is mayhem, like even to the point where, like, I don't think the editors and cameramen like kind of had the hang of it yet. And episode two, it all turns. Yasser and I have very intense jobs, uh, <laughs> where we have to be at them uh, constantly for hours a day, and we stayed up all night long finishing the Ultimatum. <laughs> That was one of the best rides of my life. I'm so sad it's over. And Nick Lachey and Vanessa, Vanessa yeah. Lachey oh, are, they, they love they is blind. They go of, over there. Yeah, they have some sort of contract with Netflix. Okay, the, the tea I heard and believe is that they were such bad hosts on Love is Blind that Netflix was like, no more hosting stuff. And that's also why they're not in Love is Blind because uh, I got some, some gentle tea that they were supposed to be a huge part of it and they were just cut yeah. out. Because, oh, they, it seemed like they like had like second. They like, I'm obviously Nick Lachey. Yeah. Here's the show. And then it yeah. was done, you know? And sort of the rumor, and you can see it on screen, is that Nick Lachey has no idea what's happening and can't host. And Vanessa, that's her professional job. So she comes on to the ultimatum and she's like, we are hosting this show. And she is sweating bullets, just carrying the weight of this couple. She's divulging <laughs> personal stuff about their relationship <laughs> in order to like be good hosts. Meanwhile, you're like, why the fuck are you saying this? Don't say this about your relationship. And then, but it's like yeah. for the ultimatum. I mean, it's like a Nick show within a show. Nick doesn't touch me anymore. Nick does not yeah, touch like, me anymore. Did you Anyways. know that like after he married Jessica, which is like, you know, very, very famous relationship. Um, He didn't want to mar- marry me. And we've been five, five years. And, uh, but you know, he, he definitely wanted to be with me. But then I was like, oh, I had to give him an ultimatum because you, you know, it was time. It was time. And you're like. <laughs> <laughs> I love they went. I haven't, I've, I have watched the first episode and I was like, eh, but now you sold me on the rest of it. So I will check that. I that actually first episode's check that really out. bad, but uh, after that, what a ride. <laughs> um, okay. So ultimatum, anything else that you are watching right now that you're like, I can't miss this. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh my God. Uh, I mean, I mean uh, Erica and Rinna, love them or hate them. Oh, so I was a huge, huge Erica fan. And when the stuff came out about, you know, the case, I was really sad and but wanted wanted it to be him i wanted it to be the husband and, and just she was taken for a ride watch the hulu documentary where it's like oh it's just it's just impossible she's not um a criminal to all of humanity and then i read her book and a memoir which was written by brian moylan by the way who's a yes. housewife super fan yeah which i you know i don't know him i think we're in the same world i i think he probably did a great job but that book made me 
memoirs are supposed to make you love someone. And it is a special type of person who can write an entire book that pushes you away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally, uh, uh, yeah. My guest and I were both Erica super fans. And after reading that book, we're like, she's dead to me. Um, That being said, she's a fighter. Now she's evil, but she's a fighter. She's a not for the right causes. Not for the right causes. She's only for herself. I think she maybe did really bad things, but I love seeing a woman uh, fight to stay in it. I really do. And she's that's obliviousness, though. That's what I was saying earlier. It's it's obliviousness now. Now it's like she's like uh, oblivious and strength because she's not oblivious. Now enough people have told her like "fuck you, get out of here," and she's like, "No, I'm never gonna fail. I'm never gonna quit. I'm never gonna do it. Never gonna quit." And you're like, by the way. Yeah, I gotta see this. These are the Tom Girardi underwear from that he didn't buy from uh, Erica that I won at auction when the Girardi Keys estate went on sale, and he had bought these from Agent Provocateur, and uh, and Erica was like, "These aren't even my size." So he bought them around like February twelfth. So it obviously was going to be like a Valentine's Day gift, and now they're in my possession, which is just uh, I gotta I gotta say I gotta say two things. You had that underwear just, it, it's like you've been holding it the whole podcast. Like it was just right there. So <laughs> these fast. are now my lucky interview underwear. Like these are, I can't fit in them. So I just kind of rubbed. <laughs> no, no, I had it for I another think, thing. I had to show somebody. Yeah, no, I believe, but the other thing I'll say is you're over here just finally getting a $12 book off your Amazon wish list, but you've got the red <laughs> Erica panties. I'm poor now after the panties. Like these are, no, it's like, um, <laughs> okay. So Chelsea, you are amazing. Uh, Chelsea Devantes, the podcast, you guys, even though you can support her in so many things, but I, I especially want to highlight the podcast. It's called Celebrity Book Club. And uh, what we always do when anybody gets on the show, even if you don't like them, which I know you're going to love her, is that you go subscribe and you just hit that five star button even before on the reviews before you even listen to it, because you know it's quality. And if also somebody shares this much of their time for free, mind you, that, that it, it's worth it. It is worth it. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, all podcasting outlets. But those two, you can leave reviews on. And I think that's a really positive thing we can do to make sure quality content keeps coming our way. And especially content that is based around females. Like that's, I mean, like this, this is, this I think is one of the biggest outlets for female voices. And uh, I'm just in such admiration of you and what you do. And, and thank you so much for having me on your show. And I hope this wasn't I hope this was okay for you because this I was really, incredible. Uh, I have such yeah. admiration for you. You're just one of the kindest people uh, I have met recently in a business filled with blood bags. And I just love what you do and love your work. And I'm so touched you would have me on. Thank you so much. Well, me and Chelsea would like to announce we're doing a pilot. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's called blood, blood bag city, blood bag, baby city. <laughs> I'm so excited for you guys to hear this. So hopefully you loved it. I know you will. And go support the podcast. Bye. Bye. Five, four. Betches.